0: Uh, So before we get into this week's episodes of The X-Files, we have uh, an announcement about tuning in. We have made the difficult decision to end the show after the sixth season of The X-Files. We have enjoyed doing it, and we've always told each other that if it was no longer fun and enjoyable, that we would stop doing it. Uh, It is, frankly, a bit of a time sink at this point. And, you know, we would rather devote the energy to the show that has more of an audience, which is Trek about.
1: And I think part of it for us is that The X-Files is starting to get really fatiguing for me. Uh, And I think we'll be starting to talk about that theme, but I am tired of doing this show.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that, you know, a lot of what... The X-Files is interesting, of course, because... It is a very long show, and I think that there is fatigue that sets in specifically in the sixth season and in the seventh season and yeah. I actually think the show gets a bit revitalized in the eighth and ninth seasons, and then you know of course in the in the reboots um and I think we probably could continue to to do it of course if we if we had the time to do it, but yeah. it's just feeling like work and this is not the show that gets us the audience, frankly. So we appreciate each and every one of you that have tuned in every mm. week. And we did this for a little over two years. I, I think this is episode uh, This is episode 105 of Tuning In. When we end, we're going to have three more episodes after this podcast. So so the last episode of Tuning In will be episode 108. Um, you know, it's a very like auspicious unfinished. number. 108 is?
1: Yeah. It, in, like, uh, I think Chinese mythology.
0: Oh, uh, we'll fuck the Chinese. Um. <laughs>
1: I, we are, of course, going to continue with Trek About. Um, we have the plans to still finish Voyager and do Enterprise and then Ugh, Discovery and then the 2009 uh, movies. So that will be. So if you are not a listener of that show, please go to trekaboutshow.com and. Uh, listen to them but we have we are going to be finishing the 6th season of the X-Files because we don't like to leave things unfinished um and even
0: though we are leaving things unfinished but i will say that and we have talked about this before that that if in some time in the distant future if if we both feel like we want to come back to to the X-Files that is obviously an option um, so, so don't delete your subscription to the podcast. You know, we, we may decide to use that feed for for X Files or, or, or something else in the future. Um, I would not expect that to happen anytime soon, <laughs> like but, within the next like well, within the next like one to three years. But I but feel regardless, like regardless, the, f-
1: the fans can save the show if. Patreon.com slash TrekAboutShow. Uh, if, if you collectively can come up with $50,000, we, conti- <laughs> we will finish the X-Files. Uh,
0: yeah, that, that seems like a valid deal to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so leave a comment about this if you'd like on, on the post for this episode. You can always email us at TrekAboutShow at gmail.com. Um, we thank was you just for time. your... We're sorry, but uh, we still got four episodes left, so, so let's get along and let's get on and do it. And I think
1: Arcadia is a good example of where I'm kind of going with this because I really liked Arcadia very much and at the same time it was not remotely as good of an episode as it could have been. Like there is a much better version of this episode that was done with a lot more care which was done with a lot more understanding of these characters which was done with a lot more of a point uh and this isn't it. I because it's set up like a great classic X-Files episode. Here we have a subculture within America that is very American and we are going into the dark underbelly of it. And if this is a very on the nose version of that, I think that's kind of in line with the type of horror comedy that the X-Files wants to be able to do but just doesn't know how to do yet. I mean, this is a This is a milieu that a lot of very successful uh, movies and shows have done a lot with. I'm thinking uh, Edward Scissorhands, I'm thinking uh, Blue Velvet, Uh, Stepford Wives. There are a lot of really good, the burbs, there are really a lot of good dark underbelly of suburbia things, and in a series which has given us an episode like Home, to have this episode be this lackluster is kind of inexcusable. Because imagine this episode done with the care of home.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I like Arcadia a lot, but but it is slight. You're right, and I look at it a little differently because I actually think it's 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 an incorrect read to uh, uh, read this episode as as being about the the subculture of planned communities. I actually think this is a lot more about Mulder and Scully shipping, and. I think that may be why it feels uh, uh, unfocused mm. to you because I don't think the episode is unfocused at all. I think the focus is Mulder and Scully shipping. And, and that's fair. And, and 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 like that is either something that you are going to be on board with or you are not going to be on board with. And I think as listeners of this podcast know, we are very much not on board with the Mulder right. and Scully shipping. You know, this is this is Mulder and Scully playing house. This is the X Files being very meta and poking fun at itself about how do we get Mulder and Scully in a domestic relationship without actually putting Mulder and Scully in a domestic relationship? And that's what Arcadia is. You know, you get to see, you know, Scully putting on her creams at night and, and Mulder having a mock horrified expression. You know, all these sorts of things and and. I'm not a fan of it. I think that a lot of the reason why I don't like the Mulder and Scully shipping is that it it turns into straight people the drama and I'm not interested in that. Like There's... I think that there is a core to the X-Files which is very which is very heteronormative and very a uh, sort of traditional understanding of of male and female relationship roles and well I, I don't I'm not interested in that. So, so I, it feels like not as vibrant as the other parts of the show that are more inventive.
1: Well, with the Mulder and Scully relationship in this, I, I, again, here we go with the better version of the episode. I feel like the Mulder and Scully shipping could be a very nice comment on dark underbelly of the Planned community, which this community is shown to ha- be very heteronormative. I mean, there is a pointed scene where the women clear the table while the men have the real conversation. And, uh, For Mulder and Skelly to be putting on these roles, there could be a lot mined into the fact that this is a mask that they're putting on, which is very different from their real life. I mean, Mulder's making all of these jokes about, you know, oh, we're newlyweds, we're a honeymoon, oh, it's hey, sweetie, and which, in 2018, cross a line to me. Um, Well, how so? (laughs) Well, There's Joe, it's just maybe one too many jokes. It just comes from endearing to creepy. I mean, certainly they have the kind of relationship where they can make jokes about the fact that they're pretending to be a husband and wife couple. And that's funny because they are the opposite of a husband and wife couple. They are Mulder and Scully. They are brother and sister. For them to be putting on this role is funny, and that's where their joking is coming from. But... Mulder gets a little too creepy about it. I guess that's that.
0: Well, yeah, I, I agree with all of this. And I, I, I think this is time. I think this is time for, for a spoiler um, because we're not finishing the show. Mulder and Scully do get together. Okay, This is something. This is a place where the show goes. And this is something the show plays around with a lot in the later seasons. I think it's a little bit of a shame that we're not going to finish, but I, I you know, I, I don't know if there's a way for us to do it in the future where I identify like 20 episodes over the next 5 seasons of the show that are worth watching and we watch them, like maybe we'll do that, I don't know. Yeah. Um again, you know, maybe we'll do that for $25,000, but I I think that a lot of what I find so like I I have to be clear I like this episode a lot. So do I. I think yeah. it is one of the best episodes of season 6, a season that frankly hasn't had that many good episodes. For um, a
1: bad episode, I had a lot of fun watching it and that was great. I it, it, you should have fun watching the X-Files.
0: It's a yeah, like it's a good bad episode. I I mean the monster for instance is, I loved it. is ridiculous. <laughs> but-,
1: but but if you're going to make a ridiculous monster this episode does recognize to make it as ridiculous as possible. The design is stupid. The concept is stupid. The fact that this is a literal manifestation of a planned community built over a landfill is ridiculous, and and it goes for broke, and I think it's successful in that way. I mean, this, yeah. it's your typical something from an exotic land, and now it's used for evil, which is going to be played straight in the next episode, but which here comes off as endearingly goofy.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to go back to, I agree with that and I want to talk about that more, but I, I also want to go back to, to Mulder and Scully because I yeah. think that, that at the core of this is something that the X-Files does a lot. And I also think that this is something that frankly straight white cis men of this era just did, which was even after all the successes of, of feminism, uh, was that you know you have this cliche you have this uh, you have this cliche in in popular American culture and popular Western culture of of the henpecked husband and the long suffering wife and the reason why that is such a damaging and odious cliche in popular culture is because traditionally and historically cis white men have made all of the television and made all of the movies. And they're coming from a position of power. And so having the 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 wife in that not really be understood and have the husband be coming across as as henpecked because frankly, uh you know, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that traditionally women do do like a lot more of the emotional labor in relationships. And that there's this idea that men are are giving something up by having a wife and family by giving up their freedom giving up their ability to sleep around giving up blah 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 and there's never any sort of 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 reckoning or any sort of balancing of of the sheet there where what do men get out of this well they they get out frankly they, they get out of a lot of emotional labor you know they don 't have to remember their parents birthdays they, they don 't have to remember where their doctor is they don 't have to make doctor 's appointments for themselves they, they don 't have to clean the house like you know they don 't even have to like pick up their clothes you know all this sort of stuff and then what it gets down to is this sort of like long suffering wife hen pecked husband thing and I frankly am not interested in watching that and so I think that's where a lot of this comes from where th- this episode thinks that Mulder and Scully playing those roles are funny but but I I don't think it's funny.
1: I at once want to say this is 20 years ago and things are different and comedy is something which doesn't you know doesn't always age that well but at the same time this is a topic of public discussion right now, these inequalities, and so... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think there are there are a very lot of people who find this trope to be funny, um, as much as well, there it- is critique from both feminism and men's rights groups about how this trope is damaging to both, in a way, it's not really a good image for anybody, and... You know that is something that I do agree with, but
0: it's it's not a good image for anybody, and it's also it's also a very surface read of a very real yeah. thing. You yes, know, and I yes. think that's really what it comes down to. You know, and I think that's a lot of the problem with the sixth season of the X Files in general is that none of these episodes are really going as deep as they could be. Yeah, um, and
1: and I and I think that's this this tension is Arcadia is a beautiful example of this tension because as I said. I thought that this was an episode about the dark underbelly of planned communities, and that's an interesting episode. Um, but you're right; it is an epis. It, it 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 has this meaty topic, but it gets its focus away from that in favor of you know, let's play with their romantic relationship. Right,
0: because I mean, like, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm going down a road of fixing an episode, which is my least favorite thing to do, but there's a lot of other ways that you could get Mulder and Scully into this situation, you know, like... I don't know, Scully's apartment is being fumigated and she asks to stay with Mulder or vice versa. You know, it doesn't have to be... The X-Files is very formally experimental and still continues to be formally experimental. And just do an episode that is just, like, devoid of plot and just have them hanging out in Mulder's apartment all weekend driving each other nuts. Like, that would have been a more interesting and focused episode, I think.
1: No, you're right. Like, that, and... Uh, uh again the ma- the married couple stuff not used as a way to play with them having a romantic relationship but to highlight the fact that they don't have a romantic relationship but i mean we talk about fixing episodes but i think it's more an um, it's when we talk about it it's usually because of a very strong disconnect between what we want a show to be what we think the show should be about. The themes that we have taken from the show, the the ways that the characters are, and what the creators are thinking and feeling about their own show. And on the one hand, that's you know, yes, we're 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 blaming a show for not being what we want it to be, and we should view it on its, on its own merits. On the other hand. It, their focus on the Mulder and Scully shipping, again, that brings us a lot of – that brings up a lot of problematic things. I guess our – problem, I guess our – what we're implying here is that their focus is weird – comes off as weird and problematic to us when they have this perfectly good and interesting stuff that they could be mining. They are choosing the most knee-jerk uh, surface-level cultural tropes. Yeah. And not doing anything interesting for them, but just kind of passively accepting it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the the code for this entire episode is found in the name that Mulder picks for them, which I don't even know if you picked up one. Rob and Laura Petri, do you know where that's from? Dick Van Dyke show. Right. Which is is where part of my uh,
1: comparisons to home come from, since that had all those Andy Griffith references. I mean...
0: Yeah, and I think that's fair. But, I mean, I don't know that much about the Dick Van Dyke show. I've seen a few episodes here and there. But, Christ, the show is, what, 67 years old at this point? So I can't really blame anybody for not being well-versed in the Dick Van Dyke show. But...
1: Guess who is well-versed in the Dick Van Dyke (laughs) show, actually? Is Um, it you? uh, Yeah. Um, It's interesting, because on the one hand, it's not... You know, it, it is bit, a bit more of a work comedy than a, a situation comedy, although his life at home with Laura and all of that does, you know, it, it's pretty evenly split between the well, two. Well, I'll but,
0: correct you there a little bit. A work sitcom is a situation comedy. I think you mean domestic comedy.
1: Fair enough. Um, they do live in New Rochelle, New York, so it is supposed to be very, you know, nice suburban community. So that that, that is where those ref- resonances are coming from, but... I, it's, again, because of the lack of focus on the suburb plot, it comes off as a much shallow, shallower reference than uh, the Andy Griffiths references in Home, which do permeate what that episode's themes are about this ideal which is threatened by some kind of violence.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that, that the Dick Van Dyke reference go is it, supposed to go that far. I mean, I just think it's it's... It's a way in which the yeah. show is telegraphing that Mulder has a very particular idea about what home life should be or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, because they,
1: they, maybe they figured out the they had a short list and the Petri Petri joke was what won it over. <laughs>
0: Now, I mean, why they don't think anyone would know that, I, I really have no idea. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of an old reference, and it mean, it was a little bit more uh, uh you but, know, current in in 1998, but still. I like, mean, I the people
1: who the, the, these are people in their 30s in the 1990s, so they would have been born early 60s, so this would have been you know on TV when they were little kids, they would have heard it. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, well. I don't know. It, it seems a little weird. It seems one of those moments where the X-Files is, is less uh, self-aware than it needs to be. Yeah!
1: They should, have,
0: they should have someone, like, making a joke about it, like, wow, that's weird, you know?
1: I mean, I, I, at first I thought when, when he introduced himself as that and the Petri, you know, and that, the, that joke, that again, this was going to be a very clever meta episode. A very, you know, that seemed very smart. And then for that to be taken as a sign that Mulder is not taking this assignment seriously, that kind of cheapened it for me. I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. I think that's where, again, that's emblematic of where the episode just isn't quite there. It isn't quite as sure. Um, it's just, yeah, just not as clever as it used to be. It's slipping.
0: Well, I mean, let's talk about the plot of the episode then, because I I, I do think that yeah. At least in some ways, if you look at this episode, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to convince you this episode is better than you s- they're saying it is because I think if you look at it as this is not an episode about planned communities, this is not an yeah. episode about suburbia, which I don't think it is at all. Uh, this is an episode about marriage and about yeah, romantic sure. relationships and about Mulder and Scully. I think there's a lot more in there. You know, I I think that for example, you know, the veterinarian character, he's single. He's yeah. the one that raises the question about, you know, wh- why are we doing this? We should just tell them what's going on. You know, he's the one with the least to lose. So, he doesn't have a wife to protect, you know, quote unquote. So, all of those sorts of things are there. And I think that, that there's a lot of you know, you you picked out the example of the dinner scene where where the women start clearing the dishes and the men are talking business, you know, stuff like that, and and it comes across as a little culty. It comes yeah. across as a little Mormony. I I don't know. Sorry to any Mormons that are listening to this, um, but your religion is weird. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how far to take that though, because this episode works best when you look at it as an examination of the Mulder and Scully relationship and when yes. you start having to broaden it out into what is this episode saying about male female relationships? Well, a, I don't care, which, you know, is a, yeah. is a, that's, that's something I have to grapple with. Like I, I that's just a don't care bugaboo, about that yeah. personally. Um, but B what it's, saying is not interesting you know like what does it mean that Gogolak is is apparently single like is he he's kind of coded a little bit gay which i also think is a little weird i don't know if you picked up on that but. i
1: didn't i mean i kept picking up on how he calls everybody son like he does definitely see himself as the patriarch and and, and as you say culty you know that, that that is a definite you know he's trying to come off as that but Part of the reason the culty stuff doesn't work for me is because all of these people have lives outside of the community. I mean, even the veterinarian has a thriving practice. Um, Everybody has a job or something that they do. This is not, you know, this the gated community is just where their house is. There aren't any stores or anything there. You know, they go out grocery shopping. They are out in the world, and that always seems a little weird.
0: Yeah, and I and I think that that a lot of this is that Arcadia is not as good of an episode as it thinks it is because once you start talking about it, I mean, I even thought about this as I was watching it. Like, for example, uh, you know, the thing about the burned out light bulb. Like, how 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 is it possible that 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 someone would be killed for not changing a light bulb that burned out in the middle of the night? Like, I I don't know. It just like it seems egregiously like a you know- like a plot hole to me, and and. I don't know. It's just. It's just like this is not the monster of this episode is not that great, and and it tries to hide it by making fun of it.
1: Yeah, and, and it see. I, I don't know if you saw the movie Cabin in the Woods, um, but that almost. I seemed, actively avoided it. Yeah, I mean, and and it's a it's a stupid concept because it's very internety. But <laughs> no, in its way, it, uh, the the twist is that the rules of horror movies are essentially a ritual designed to placate these Lovecraftian beings, so you have just these arbitrary things, and that is kind of where uh, Arcadia is sort of going, except that the monster is a manifestation of the rules. I mean, I, I, I thought it was going to be that here we have a monster with a very particular set of aesthetics, and this is a community living in terror of this natural monster, But the fact that the monsters created the serve the rules is kind of stupid. Does that make sense?
0: No, it does make sense because it makes Gogolak out to be a a control freak who is more interested in in, in having a, a nice home than... People, I, I don't know. I mean, it just—it all yeah. seems very flimsy to me. Like, what, why? I don't, yeah. We don't understand anything about Gogolak. Really, we don't know anything about this guy. Why he would do this, and that's—that's that's yeah. a problem. I think.
1: I mean, I could buy a community that's centered around a demon, and the demon has these very particular rules, and Gogolak is the high priest who is enforcing all of this and making sure that everybody while the townspeople kind of want to rebel against that again fixing the episode but uh maybe that's a little more deep than what we get
0: yeah i i think that you're right like this episode is not deep it's very interested in poking fun at everything that's going on and all right yeah like the rules for conformity aren't just simple social censure
1: but a a a a crap monster eats you like that's hard right like Like, it may be a little too on the nose
0: all right i think that's about all we can say about arcadia so let's move on to alpha which featured a very important guest star of the week i don't know if richard picked up on who it was
1: it was it 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 was commander cisco so i feel like if you Alpha seems like the result of a take every bad X-Files episode. Now concept. wait a second,
0: wait a second. You can't you can't get away from actually identifying the guest star.
1: <laughs> oh, it's Andrew Robinson as Garrick.
0: Okay, good. Continue. <laughs>
1: um it feels like yeah, because we have another episode with a killer animal, we have a werewolf episode, we have a cultural appropriation episode, we have a Mulder randomly meets a woman and Scully is jealous episode. I mean, there is – this was just a ter- I was bored as hell in this episode and I should not be bored when there are so many
0: dogs on screen. <laughs> I felt really bad for that St. Bernard. Oh. I have to say. He was He was adorable.
1: But so, so is the implication that I, – I, I guess this is my question because I don't understand a goddamn thing about this episode. So can Garrick transform into any dog and he transforms into Duke to hide? Or was Duke Eddie Robinson all along? Like the his the, he, he power is he can be any dog.
0: I think that – he is able to shapeshift into any dog, yes, okay, um, but so he like only that sh- woman, I don't know where Duke went, he got out or something, and Garrick dog took him over or turned into him, and then killed the vet for some reason. <sighs> I think that what is what is um I'll just be upfront with this i th- I like this episode a lot more than it deserves to be liked. <laughs> I agree with you that I think the last ten or so minutes, once we've figured out what's going on and they have, like, ten more minutes to fill, are, are kind of boring. Because they don't really do anything with the rest of that running time. Like, they could have done something batshit and instead it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I gotta yeah. catch the guy. And it's like, okay, whatever. I um, mean, at least
1: TeSo Dos Bichos had, like, a swarm of cats. If
0: nothing else, yeah, it like, had a swarm of cats crawling through a wall. Yeah, like, once Mulder confronts uh, uh Garrick and tells him that he is the dog. The rest of the episode is perfunctory. You're like, okay, I get this now. And what? You know, I mean the most exciting thing that happens is that the, the woman love interest, or is she a love interest, I don't even know, um, sacrifices her life to 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 end the life of, of dog Garrick. But But she doesn't I don't need to Right. Like, like she doesn't need to. I mean, I guess the implication here is that she feels somewhat responsible for this for whatever reason. Or she's <laughs> extraordinarily unhappy because she has lupus and can never have Mulder. And someone should tell her that Mulder is kind of a snide jackass and he wouldn't be a great boyfriend anyway.
1: Well, it's not like she needs much attention. I mean, really just like I'm sure five to 15 minutes a day of just like grunting at each other. And that would satisfy both of them.
0: Um I mean the elephant in the room here of course is that well the, I don't like this thing that the show continues to do yeah where every time a woman expresses any sort of interest in Mulder Scully becomes a stereotypical jealous ice queen
1: I mean yeah a, 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 and and at least Bambi was in a really great episode and at least Diana was played by Mimi Rogers but This episode really does hinge upon finding Karen uh, an an interesting figure and finding her enigmatic and finding – and and what is really her agenda and believing that she is – and I just don't buy it. Like she – I didn't find her an interesting character and so the episode kind of falls down.
0: Yeah, she's not interesting at all. I mean, I don't know if that has to do with the performance. I I, I think that playing someone who is late sensitive and is averse to people is very difficult to do, and then I think I'm actually talking about Captain Lorca from Discovery, so I'm not sure where to go with this, but... Well, I was thinking yeah.
1: about uh, Nicole Kidman and the others, and she did a great job of it, but she is Nicole Kidman, so... Yeah, I was
0: going to say, that's Nicole <laughs> this is, you know, no name yeah. factor of the week. Not not to denigrate the woman's talent, no, I'm sure but... she's fine in other things, but she only has so much to work with in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that I... I there's so much there's so much stuff that I'm reading into this but but because we are talking so much about the show really doubling down on the idea of Mulder and Scully shipping and the idea that Scully has feelings for Mulder and is expressing them through through becoming a jealous ice queen which is something that I am very much not on board for. Yeah. Um because frankly like I don't think that she would be so hung up on Mulder to to do this. But the other part of it too is that I, I, well, there's a there's a little bit of an element of Charitably speaking, this woman is a little heavier. This woman is perhaps not the most attractive, conventionally attractive person, woman. I mean, although she's certainly like, you know, like she's attractive, like she's pretty, whatever, but she's not. Uh, well, in
1: general... She's not wearing makeup. She's she's dressed functionally. I mean, the, those kind of this is somebody who spends her days working with dogs. I mean, she is going right. to – and she's, she and has a disease. She's going to look a little
0: shabby, but yeah, she 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 dresses a little dowdy. She's got short hair. Like all of this stuff kind of factors into that. Um, and and I think that although I think it's funny, you think she's not wearing makeup, but
1: well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I the axis I mean, not is like the to the degree that like not.
0: Scully is for sure, but. But I don't know. I just think that that it's it's something that the show is doing more and more and I'm not on board for it. You know, and I think that the rest of this episode is whatever. Like, okay, it's fine. I mean, Andrew Robinson acts his heart out and he's he's very interesting on screen, as he always is. But but in spite of the script, frankly, I mean,
1: I I, that's a performance. I can't tell you anything about the about the character i mean this is an actor who wrote a novel based on uh the screenplays of ds9 and that was something meaty to work with so he has imbued this role with more than than is
0: in it i think oh absolutely i mean i'm i'm sure that he had a whole backstory to yeah. the and you know he maybe he wrote a novella about it or something i don't know but yeah i'll have to look that up but yeah, I just think that, I mean, I think the reason why I like this episode more than it sounds like I do is because it reminds me so much of why I like the X-Files, why I started watching the X-Files in the first place. That's fair. You know, it's very much, this. you could put this episode in season two and not miss a beat.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and I feel like that's been a I I think that's a theme and I think this is, we are getting to the heart of frankly, my disappointment with the X-Files because, yes, this would have been a very good season two episode, but we're not in season two. We're in season six. You've made a movie. You've you're a hit show and you're still giving us this. I mean, the show is a victim of its own ambitions. I think it's, it's for the first five seasons until the movie, I think it very successfully was able to top itself. And give us more and give us something interesting and give us different and season six is when that's starting to falter and fall apart.
0: Yes, I agree with that, but I also think I want to be clear that i if this episode were in season two, I would not think this was a good episode
1: <laughs> and that's fair it would
0: it... I think this is on the level of um Something like, uh, what's the episode's name with the school that is inhabited by the Satan worshippers? Der Hunder
1: Verletz. Oh, yeah.
0: How could I How could I forget that? You know, I think a lot of what it is is that... Can you imagine Arcadia written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong? Yeah. Can you imagine Alpha written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong? I think that... There's something to be said for the fact that The X-Files got a lot of its early identity from Glenn Morgan and James mm. Wong, and they haven't written for the show since the fourth season. And even the episodes of theirs that are just kind of incomprehensible and not very good, like The Field Where I Died, they're still interesting to watch and yeah. interesting to talk about. And, I mean, the episodes that are written by Vince Gilligan are still very good. The the, the mythology episodes are they are what they are, but I would not say that they are any worse than they ever have been. Um, but it, well, it's like the it's it's the episode it's the stringers they're bringing in. It's the new writers that that are on staff uh, to replace these people are just just not they're they're giving it a different yeah. identity. They're giving the X Files a different flavor, frankly. And I I don't I don't care for this version of the show.
1: Yeah, I mean in, in terms of death, this is something along the lines even of Sanguinarium to me, but where Sangrenarium wasn't really about anything other than plastic surgery can be disturbing. Um, at least it just, again, went full-on for the gross-out. We're gonna be just a horrible episode where people have these gory deaths as a result of possession, and, uh, what-the-fuck-is-his-name is just gonna ham it up and just be the cackling villain that he's great at being, and, you know, that's going to be that, and... It worked for that because, again, even if it wasn't about the deepest stuff, there was fun stuff going on. There was cool, scary shit going on on TV. There is no real evocative imagery in this episode. There aren't really any hammy guest performances. There isn't a—Field uh, Where I Died made no sense, but it was lyrical and poetic and kind of dreamy. And there they there, there, there they're getting, I just don't know what I'm watching, what, what I should have gotten out of alpha at least, you know, at, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of crappy episodes of the show. And again, at least Teso dos Bichos had a cat
0: swarm. Yeah. Like I think for a lot of this, it's just the sixth season is going through an identity crisis and they're not really sure what they're doing. And, and you see a little bit of this in, in this episode with all of the puns that Mulder's putting down. Um, and you see this a lot in Arcadia with the ways in which David Duchovny is playing Mulder. But I have to say that that I think something is crystallizing for me in, in, in talking about Alpha, which is that I think a lot of the problem with the sixth season is David Duchovny. Frankly, like it is, it is fairly mm. obvious at this point that the man is bored, and I think that a lot of the energy of the show is being undercut by David Duchovny's yeah. performance.
1: No, and I mean Jillian Anderson is no less. Uh, talented or, uh, or 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 prominent of an actor as he is, and she's still doing her proper job. Um, it is a little contemptuous of the show at this point. He's done. He's checked out. And yeah, it, it, it's... This is a show that should have ended.
0: Probably. But if it, I, if it, I don't know, because I...
1: Uh, you know, it, maybe not ended, but like
0: someone should have I, sat David Ducumney down <laughs> and been like, "Listen, we're not moving the fucking show to Vancouver to to Los Angeles just for you. And if you want to leave, yeah. fine." Like, I I think that they were too afraid of 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 s- splitting up Mulder and Scully, and you know, yeah. I think that's probably not a bad impulse because. You know, charitably speaking, episodes, you know, seasons eight and nine of of the series are are, are not its finest. But I no, I, I know. feel but... like they're. I mean, this is going to be a hurt, like kind of a controversial statement. But I kind of feel like the eighth and ninth seasons of the X Files are better than the sixth season. Well, here's because, you know, oh. because it knows it it knows what it's doing. The sixth season has no idea what show it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's a very. It, I've, I'm a mad. Imag- in my head, a lot of the times I have been, um, and I know I have on the podcast. I've been talking a lot of Buffy as kind of a next step from this, and if it, even if it wasn't exactly that show that represents in my head, just it was kind of the show that dealt with arcs and serialization and how to do that kind of thing a lot better. And but Buffy was able to spin off into Angel, which was just as successful. If At the end of the sixth season, you have the two fathers, one son thing, make that a little bigger, have that be the end of the X-Files, Mulder ends his story, and then Scully gets her own series, and maybe that's where you have your season eight and nine of the X-Files, a slightly different uh, concept for the show, but the same basic, he or her and another partner doing mysteries, and then you can have David Duchovny appear whenever he wants to get... You know, a nice little chunk of money. I mean, would that have been a successful thing? Would that have been the energy
0: that it needed? I don't know, and I think it's impossible to say. Yeah, I, I will. I will say that that um, a lot of the charms of the X Files, Arcadia and Alpha not excluded, are due to the chemistry that David Duchovny and Gillian yeah. Anderson have, and and that is very clear from from the revival seasons as well that. I don't think the X Files works very well without David Duchovny, but I also don't think that the X Files at this point works very well with David Duchovny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe it just should have been cancelled. I don't know. Uh I mean I don't blame I don't blame Alpha for being just kind of there. I, yeah. I think that we're ta- we've are we we've said this many times before that they're making a lot of television and not every single one is going to be a winner. Um, sometimes you're just going to put something up and it's not really going to land very well. I don't think there's anything really objectionable about this episode. I, I would not put this in the top 10 or 20 or perhaps even top 50 worst episodes of the X-Files ever. But, I mean, what are you supposed to really say about it?
1: You know, I think this is leading into our decision to stop with this. And something that I think we should be wrestling with over the next couple of weeks is something that you've said a lot of times. Uh, the X-Files is more than the sum of its parts. And part of the difficulty of doing a show like this is that a lot of those parts are kind of crappy. A lot of those parts are alpha and hell money and just stuff that's just there and okay. And But we didn't really need this. We didn't necessarily... you know. It, this didn't necessarily get much from a deep dive into it, and yet uh, 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 you, you pair down the episode, you pair down into a particular episode list, or what it's create again, what it's creating as a whole, as an atmosphere, as a tone, as a experiment in storytelling is very important. I just they're making a lot of television, and it just kind of sucks going to it every time when some weeks you just are not getting anything out of the mine.
0: Yeah, and I and I think that that's a large reason why why so many shows don't do this many episodes anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, we would be remiss if we did not talk about the end of this episode where, uh, uh, you know, very conveniently, uh, the guest star has an I want to believe poster and sends it to Mulder or someone sends it to Mulder um, after her death. Is she actually dead? Ooh, there's an idea. Um, she faked her own death in order to, to avoid the pain of hitting on Mulder, and not having Mulder reciprocate. But I thought know, that. It's his I want to believe poster again. It's a nice little rebirth moment for the show. And I liked it.
1: I don't know. I did think that she and the uh, other were- the werewolf were going to turn out to both be werewolves and run off in the end and we'd be happy because then she became a dog. But, you know, if she wants to believe and Mulder gets it back, that's fine, too. I. I...
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave this episode. If you have any thoughts on Arcadia or Alpha, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Tuning in show is our username and all those platforms. You can leave us a review. If you haven't left us a review, now's the time because there are only three episodes left on iTunes. All right, three episodes left. Next week, we're going to be talking about Trevor and Milagro.
1: the Mac. Why do you...